Oh, Matt, you're late again. Oh, I'm sorry, Z. I lost my keys and I couldn't finish the music I was writing. What do you mean? How are they even related? Well, it's pretty hard to play the piano without keys, Z. Acceptable company. Yo, yo, yo! Yo, welcome back, guys. <laughs> Thank you so, 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 so much for tuning in one more time. One more time. Well, as well as last time, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being here. Um, good to see you, Z. Good to see you. Let us crack on. <laughs> Let's. So um, we're slowly venturing out back into the world. And one of the things I've missed a lot is going to the cinema. So I've I've made up for lost time. And I've gone out and watched a bunch of movies. A lot of movies out at the moment are Marvel movies. Mm. They had a backlog because they couldn't release when they were meant to. So there's three Marvel movies out at the cinemas right now. Black Widow. The Shang-Chi mm-hmm. and the Ten Rings and the Eternals. Yes. Um, and much like last, last time, um, I'm just going to do a quick rundown and a quick review of those three movies because I watched them all. Nice. Awesome. Just uh, as an FYI, I've seen Black Widow. Ah, mm. you've seen Black Widow? I watched it at the cinema. Why? Out of lockdown. <laughs> you know, just getting out and about. You must have been desperate for a movie to watch. Uh, it was my friend's suggestion. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, so basic plot of the movie, it's set somewhere amidst all this. I think it's right after Civil War. So it's actually a flashback in a way. Black Widow obviously dies in Endgame. So this movie is set in the past. And the Black Widows, the organization, are being possessed and kind of taken control of by this really creepy man. And she's basically trying to free them all using a, uh, it's like a... uh, Serum. Yeah, you know, a MacGuffin, you know, it's a MacGuffin (laughs) to free all the the Black Widows under his control. And it's, you know, she reunites with her sister and her fake parents when they were like undercover. And it's, you know, it's personally, what did you think of it? I did not know anything about Black Widow going into it. I went into a blank slate, so I had no expectations and no prior knowledge of Black Widow You haven't seen her in any of the other movies? I've seen her as a character as part of an ensemble. Right. But I don't know her backstory. I don't know anything about her. I didn't even know she was, what is it, Russian or something? Russian. Yeah, I didn't even know she was Russian. So I liked it, but that's coming from a person who does not know anything. You liked it? Yeah. Well, I, I didn't think it was very good. Firstly, the Black Widow movie. I thought it was really, really forgetful. Just really mediocre. Really cliche. For her send-off movie, they could have done a much better job. I think it was, yeah, just really boring. And oh. <laughs> also, I just hated the bad guy. I, I didn't like the fact that his pheromones stopped them from attacking him. That is the most creepiest thing I think I've ever <laughs> seen in a Marvel film. That is ridiculous. Like, basically, if she can smell him, she can't hurt him. And that was just such a weird thing. That made me, like, cringe on the inside. Right. So gross. I bet he smelled bad, too. (laughs) I liked how the mum character was the same lady from The Mummy. It was the same lady from The Mummy. Yeah. What's her name? From The Mummy. Weiss. Rachel Weiss. Rachel Weiss. Yeah. Yeah. She is married to Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig? Yeah. James Bond, Daniel Craig. Whoa. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah fun facts of Matt and Z. That's yeah. <laughs> also, David Harbour's in it. Yes, from Stranger Things. Yeah, he played the Red Guardian, like a Russian yes. Captain America. It was fine. It was the comic relief, I suppose. Okay, well, from from a layperson's non-Marvel expert's view, yeah, I liked it. It was cool. I need to show you some good Marvel movies. Okay, yeah, I think so too. Th- keep in mind, though, this was possibly the last time Scarlett Johansson is going to play this character. Mm. She's already dead. This was literally her send-off, and mm. it was just really average. And I don't know, I don't know it was dumb. 
Overall, I, I would give it probably a 6 out of 10. Okay. What would you give it? Like you've, you've 7, so 7.5. Okay. I think in the future, we're going to have to force you to watch Marvel movies, and then we'll, we'll talk about them because you need some education. Okay. <laughs> the next one, though, significantly better. So Shang-Chi mm-hmm. was pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. I think probably the best standalone Marvel movie because, you know, you've got your individual movies and then you've got your Avengers movies, right? Probably the best standalone movie in quite some time. Really funny, really, the acting was really good. The Kung Fu, like it was like an old school Kung Fu movie. The last act, I think it fell apart a bit without spoiling too much. In the last like third of the movie, they end up going to a like a fantasy land and there's dragons and mystical creatures. It's a bit more CGI and a bit more over the top. Mm. And it was still fine. But the movie itself hinges on his relationship with his his father is actually this immortal man who owns the Ten Rings, which is these powerful like weapons. Mm-hmm. And his his dad's lived for ages and then he found a wife, um and he kinda of settled down and he put the rings away. And then the wife ends up being killed because of stuff he did in his past. Um and then he trains his his son to basically be a martial arts assassin dude. So this is really interesting relationship between the father and the son where they they kind of both bonded over the death of their mother but they don't like each other and that was the heart of the movie in the Mm. last act it kind of throws it out the wayside for this big cgi kind of mess and that was disappointing but still that last act is better than all of black widow The first two acts, I'd say, really good. Old school martial arts, like proper choreography. They had like really cool Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon wire work where they're like flipping around and doing Mm -hmm, crazy mm -hmm. jumps. All that old school goodness. Um, Really enjoyed it. I know a few people who've watched it. I'd have never seen a poster for it. I don't know anything about it other than it's an Asian one. Yeah. Is this a new character that we've never heard of before? Or is it an existing one that I've just just missed? He's from the comics. Okay, right. Rest assured, everyone's in the comics. Okay. Everyone's in They're not making up their own characters. They've got 60 years of comic history. But the question of where the MCU going is still quite confusing to me. Which direction they're taking after the big Infinity War saga Mm -hmm. and Thanos' defeat. There's no real direction that they're going next. But they're kind of throwing out a bit more obscure characters. Like Shang-Chi, for example, is one of them. Right. I've never heard of him before in the comics either. Ah. But I hadn't heard of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And that ended up being one of the best Marvel movies out there. So it's it's kind of like that. It was just a fun romp. No one really knew what they were getting into. And it, it was good. Pretty, out of 10? Uh, probably an 8.5. It would have been higher if, if the final, if it landed the final act. But Marvel's pretty notoriously bad at Nearly landing that end. final act. Yeah. yeah. Fun movie, would recommend. Out of the three, definitely the best one. Got it. Which means that Eternals, which is our next movie. I know that it's got Angelina Jolie in it. I've seen the trailer. It does have Angelina Jolie in it. That's all I know. The basic concept of the Eternals, it's it's a lot. I, I think the Eternals is, is kind of the launching point for where Marvel wants to go in the future. It's very cosmic. Basically, there's these massive entities called Celestials, mm-hmm. and they're really strong, and they basically create suns and create universes, right? Mm-hmm. They're, like, alpha-level crazy, like, powerful. And they command the Eternals, which are kind of superhuman-y. Well, they've all got powers, essentially. And they've been on Earth for 7,000 years or something. They came in BC days, and they're here to fight the Deviants, which are... You know, kind of your typical bad monstery alien things. And I'm just going to go spoilers because by the time this podcast comes out, it would have been a couple of weeks. If you haven't seen it... Skip ahead. Skip ahead. So it turns out the whole reason they're finding the Deviants is because... The Celestials, the big alpha people, want the Earth to populate Mm -hmm. because they've planted a baby Celestial in the center of the Earth 
and it sucks all the energy off the humans. And when it's enough, the celestial wakes up and breaks out of the earth and is born. That's how a celestial is born. So these Eternals, the characters have been lied to. They think they're saving humanity from the deviants when really they're just protecting us because they want humanity to propagate. And then the Celestial will be born, break out of the Earth, and it'll destroy the Earth and all of life on humanity. And these Celestials have done this before. They've done it time and time again. And that's that's the basic plot of it. And it's kind of, it's pretty out there for a Marvel movie. It's, it's odd. It sounds interesting, but the execution, I think, is pretty poor. Right. I think there's there's something like eight or ten Eternals. And even though they only focus on maybe two of them that give them proper, like, fleshed out characters, there's still too many characters. Mm. There's not enough time for any of the characters to have any traits other than their cliche trait. This one's gruff, this one's this, this one's a tough fighter, this one's likes humans. You know, they only have very basic traits and, and you don't really feel for any of them. Mm. And that's not at all what I was expecting from the trailer that I saw as well. Because it actually lured me in. I was like, oh, this one looks really interesting. I would like to watch it. But the way that you've described it is not what I was imagining. No, well, obviously this is spoilers and it's a big twist. So they mm. weren't going to ruin any of that in the trailer. Yeah. But I think... I think this one didn't even feel like a Marvel movie to me. Mm. It felt odd. Everything about it was kind of mediocre, you know? And, and it's a shame because it had, I think it had potential to do much better. It was very, kind of like Black Widow, very forgetful. If I'm re-watching Marvel movies, this is probably one I'll skip. Got it. Uh, overall, out of 10, I'd give it a probably a 6.5. But I left kind of going, eh, I feel uh, underwhelmed. My whelm is <laughs> less. Yeah. <laughs> So, watch Shang-Chi, mm-hmm. especially at the movies. It's actually a really pretty show. Um, wait for the other two to turn up on Disney Plus. Yeah, nice. Good that's advice. What, that's, my, <laughs> that's what I would do. So, Matt, I wanted to revisit a topic that we did very early on. I think, like, episode one, where we spoke about whether we were afraid of dying or not. I remember this topic. Yeah. Basically, I think at the time, I expressed feelings of, like, I'm, like, I'm pretty much ready. I'm, I'm, pr- I'm ready yeah. to die. Like Your opinion was basically, I've had a good life. You're not welcoming death, but if it were to happen, you're happy to... Happy to go. Yeah, I don't know, how, <laughs> I don't know about happy to go, but, you know, you've, you've, you've done what you came here to do, I suppose. Yeah, and I really did feel that way. But, like, since then, a few people have come up to me and said things like, oh, like, I've never felt that way before. Just surprised that that's how I felt. And, um, obviously, you would know, like, my life has kind of taken this weird turn this year yeah and i was just in a really like i was in a dark place mentally i guess but i didn't know it like i didn't know that's not how other people felt yeah i just it was just normal to me yeah but that's okay i mean you're you're acting like you were doing something wrong Mm. but you weren't your opinion is your opinion and i think the fact that you were kind of not fearing death you know that's that's not necessarily a bad thing there's a difference between i think welcoming death and just being prepared for it Mm, yeah i think like at that point i was ready and i was like almost not waiting for it but i was like i just didn't like my future and so i just felt like if that's all that's ahead of me then then i'm i'm good you know Whereas now, obviously, I'm in a different place mentally, and I still feel at peace with dying, like, in the sense that I know it's an inevitable thing, Hmm. but I'm not like, I'm ready for it now. It's more, it's going to happen, and I'm okay with that idea. Yeah, if that makes sense. It does make sense. So you've taken a step away from accepting death, I suppose. So does that mean you've found something in the here and now to live for? 
I think just at the time, I don't know, I was just really, I didn't know that I was sad. It was just, just didn't like the trajectory of my life. And it's like, oh, I've done everything that I could and this is good enough. Yeah, but you, you, you weren't saying that you'd welcome it if it hit tomorrow. You just, you've lived a good enough life that... If it came, then I'd be satisfied. Yeah. Yeah, but then you were saying, like, you've got so much left to look forward to. Oh, yeah, of course you do. Yeah, I didn't feel that. I didn't feel like I had anything to look forward to. What do you mean? You're, like, like 30 years old. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I I don't know. you got to just... find out which direction the MCU's going. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how I felt before, but now I do. I do have things to look forward to. And, like, if anyone heard that and thought that was normal... It's not a normal thing to think. Again, I don't think... Like, I think we can both agree we're not talking about ending your life prematurely. Correct. Just to, to rule that out. that it, It's more just... You, you're in a dark place where you felt like your future was, was looking bleak, I suppose. Yeah. Or at least it looks... Your future was looking worse than any than, than perhaps times in the past. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, obviously it's a good thing. I'm glad you have got something to look forward to now. Is it more podcasts for me? <laughs> sure is. <laughs> yeah, more podcasts. And just like, I feel like there's stuff to do and there's only a limited amount of time to do it. And I just want to do it all. I've always felt that you're, you've always good at going out there and, and seizing the day in a way. Yeah. I, I know you disagree, but I've always admired how you, you know, you did a course on sign language. You just did a stand up comedy course, you know, you're. <laughs> Always planning these crazy things. Did the trivia over lockdown? You're always making the the most of your time and diverting your energies into positive things. Yeah, thank you for acknowledging that. <laughs> um, and sometimes people look at that and they say things like, "Oh, like you're an overachiever, or you're too much of a go getter, or something along those lines." And it's not that. It's that people are like, "Oh, there's not enough time to do this. There's not enough time." But we have the same amount of time as, like, an Einstein or, like, a Nelson Mandela or whoever your hero is. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. <laughs> Our time runs the same, you know, and you can choose to get as much done as you can in that time or... Or make excuses. Yeah. Well, look, I'm glad. It sounds like a positive step. It's understandable why you'd feel down in the past. Yeah. And why you might still feel down. But mm. obviously something positive to look forward to is, is important. Yeah. Important to a mental outlook. Yeah, you're totally right. Something to hope for or look forward to is a huge driver. Yeah. This is why we book our holidays. You yeah. Know? It's, it's always something to look forward to. You, you've got two more months of, of work before you get to go to Vanuatu. It's that carrot on the stick. But it doesn't have to be a holiday. It can be an event or seeing a friend or... Mm doing something or mm. I'm, I'm glad to hear it thanks matt um yeah i just i was very much confronted with the fact that how i was feeling wasn't normal and i didn't realize it at the time but now i do and i look back on like instagram posts and stuff that i did at the time and i'm like oh wow that person was so sad and i didn't even know like at the time i really didn't know like i knew i was sad but i didn't know how deeply rooted in my psyche it was I wouldn't say that it was not normal. Feeling anything is, is normal, right? Like, it's not a bad or a good thing. Mm. Though, it is better that you have an outlook <laughs> that, that's more positive now. But no one should come up to you and say, you know, you were wrong to think that way. Mm-hmm. And, and and moving forward from that space is definitely a positive, but it's not right or wrong. It's just improving the situation, I suppose. Improving the outlook. Yeah. Yes, to all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> I concur. Thank you. That's nice to hear. Yeah. So what's next on your, your list of accomplishments? 
Is it reaching 10 subscribers? No. <laughs> Subscribe now to the yeah, Mad, Mad Podcast. More Instagram followers to add acceptable company because we haven't grown. <laughs> Come Ooh. on. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this topic is going to be either pretty interesting or it'll be a complete flop. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna roll the dice on this one. Yeah. So something that's it's it's a bit out of my realm of expertise, but cryptocurrency. Yes. Right. So I understand the concept. Right. Cryptocurrency is it's a virtual form of currency that has value in the real world. Yes. So one Bitcoin is worth a hundred dollars in real life. It's worth a lot more than that, but for hypothetically. The hypothetically, and that's how it works. Yeah. Now I believe there's all sorts of uh, virtual locks and keys and blockchain and, and currency and then encoding and, and that sort of thing, which makes it complicated to <laughs> to buy and sell. It's not just like I send you five Bitcoin on Beamit. It's it's more complicated than that. But I but I understand the concept and how how it kind of works. Mm-hmm. It's a bit weird. It's a bit beyond what most people understand. Yeah. It's very conceptual. Yeah. I, personally, I don't really understand it myself, but I understand that it's it's something that has value that can rise and fall on the stock market. Yes. You know, don't even ask me how a stock market works. Don't know. It has a value, tangible or otherwise. I learned about something, which is the next step in this evolution. So they're called NFTs. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I was going to be blowing your mind with this concept, but it's, you, you know what they are. I know what they are. I have a story about them. So NFTs stand for non-fungible tokens, mm-hmm. which means that they're unique um, and can't be replicated. So basically what an NFT is, is a piece of, let's say, virtual art, or it could be a... It's a code. It's a code embedded in that. Yeah. So it's a, it's a unique something. It could be a piece of a song that an artist released, or it could be a picture of a, a duck, yeah. you know? But this particular artist released it, and he's released only 100 of them. And even though we're on the age of the internet, and someone can just screenshot and take that piece of artwork, the fact that you own the coding for that particular piece of art is what gives it value. Yes. So this, the original one. The original one. Yeah. You've bought it from the source and it's yes. worth how much money? And, and these things, like cryptocurrency, can be worth a lot of money. Yes. So the concept, what may make it easier for you to understand, listeners, what, what helped me understand, it, the concept kind of dates back to a game called Counter-Strike. And there are different skins for your weapons. So they're just aesthetic looks. They don't have any function in the game, but you may get a skin for your gun that makes it purple, mm-hmm. right? Or you may get a, a particular knife that looks a certain way. And these are all with loot boxes, you know, you, they're randomly generated. Mm-hmm. You you roll the die and you may get this particular skin. Some skins are more valuable than others. And they created a, a market in this game, Counter-Strike, where people would pay real money for particular skins or knives or what have you. Mm-hmm. So in that way, this non-tangible virtual object has value or perhaps you may have a, an account on runescape where you've you've unlocked a certain ability or you've got a certain set of armor and you sell that account on ebay right it's not real but it has value mm. these non-fungible tokens nfts they're kind of like that they're they're virtual but it, it has a value because it's a again it's a collector's item like any other collector's item it's one of a hundred or one of a thousand it's mm. a like, like those beanie babies <laughs> like <laughs> going gangbusters in the 90s exactly easy that's the that's definitely the <laughs> example i was missing so an artist will come up and say i'm releasing 50 of these yeah. and, and they're so in demand that people are doing like kind of like pre-orders for these things yeah and then they get released and, and you have to go into a lottery i think to even be able to depending on how popular they are yes 
It's kind of like the world's just woken up and discovered these things, and now everybody's making them. There's Macca's NFTs. I think I just heard Quentin Tarantino is releasing a bunch of Pulp Fiction NFTs,、mm. right? So it might be like a deleted scene that he's never released, and he releases ten seconds of it, and he can purchase that ten seconds. And even though everybody in the internet is going to be able to watch that ten seconds, the fact that you've got the coding for it makes it valuable. Yeah, and I'm talking tens of thousands of dollars, lots and lots of money. It's it's crazy. So I guess I just wanted to. Talk about this very concept of it being virtual but having value. I mean, it's this is the way this is all going. Like, it makes sense. It's the next step in collections, but has it gone too far? It, it, I mean, it's working. People are making. People are becoming millionaires off this stuff. Like, it's a step beyond cryptocurrency to me.、Mm. You know, everyone was kind of getting around cryptocurrency, but this is like it's still hidden. I only heard about it because I was working and some guy just buys and sells in it. And he、mm. told me all about. It. I'm like, how is this a thing?、Mm. How am I missing? Mac is releasing a hundred pictures of a Big Mac <laughs> and making ten thousand dollars of it. Right? It's it's, it's crazy. A, it's, a, it's a crazy. Yes, I like you. I do not understand it. I do not understand why or how it has value. But I knew about NFTs a while ago because I know someone. Not going to reveal any details about them. That. Creates them, creates them, like draws them and releases them into the world to sell. Is he famous they, enough? No, they are a regular、uh, person. They and they draw these cartoons, these little like pixelated cartoon things, and going gangbusters. And they don't know how or why people are buying them, but basically they can retire like now. But what? But how? Like, if they're not famous enough to sell these things, why are people buying them? Because they believe that it will have value. It's an investment, or it's a. It's like、mm. buying a cryptocurrency, right? So yes, just like cryptocurrency, these things. Let's say they release a hundred. Yes. And they sell them for a dollar each. No, no, no. But they're not selling for a dollar. I, I know. Okay, just hypothetically. Yeah. So the baker makes a hundred bucks, I suppose. But everyone that wants one, just like any collector's item, suddenly they're worth a hundred dollars. In actuality,、mm. these numbers are a lot higher. Yes, but they sell them and they make nine and nine dollars profit. The, the the owners. So that's basically how it happens. But these numbers are way bigger than this. Yeah. So they they buying individual ones for ten grand. And, and just like cryptocurrency, people are investing in basically anything. They're just chucking a hundred dollars here, a thousand dollars there, just to see the next big one to explode. Because in hours, these things can go from worth hundred dollars to millions, millions of dollars. I know. People are being made millionaires overnight. Yes. It's insane. So, both I, I thought people that weren't popular enough to sell their NFTs wouldn't be making much money, but apparently these are two regular people that you'd walk past on the street and would not suspect at all. I, I don't understand it, but to be honest with you, the creator of this thing that sells it doesn't even understand it. They're just riding the gravy train. They're just sitting there, literally drawing. Literally drawing something that takes. Not long, and it's insane. I, I've heard there's a there's a game you can play. By playing it, you are rewarded NFTs,、mm. and so people can make actual money playing whatever this game is. You know that could be the future. It's just it's it's crazy. It's such an odd world at the moment. <laughs> it's it's really hard to wrap your head around. I I don't understand it, and I don't know where it's going. And I feel like I'm being a little bit like left. Left behind. Left behind. Yeah, yeah. I, I get that feeling too. I feel like I should jump onto this. Yeah, and I could be a ten millionaire.、Yeah. But the thing is, by the time the every person learns about it, I feel like it's already too late. Yeah, you've got to have your finger on the pulse on this sort of thing. Yes, and apparently it's it fluctuates. Like the NFT market booms, and then the crypto market booms. They somehow interact with each other and and influence each other. And I don't really understand how that works. Because but... the value, and I'm not sure if we covered this, the value of the NFTs in crypto. Did you know that? 
What? So they're oh. buying and selling these NFTs in cryptocurrency? Yes, that's right. So so the value of them, say they sell whatever for X amount of dollars, but it's X amount of crypto. And that crypto has value. Wow. So it's not real money. So well, it, it is. Like if you can you can have it in cash if you sell it. So it is like it's it's inception, it's two layers in. It it is. You're it using is. your your online fake currency yes. to buy online fake pitches and things. Correct. I'm, I'm just speechless. <laughs> it's it's crazy. It's ridiculous. Just give it a Google, everybody. Just have a look because it's, it's insane, the things people are doing out there. Imagine, like, this person's been doing it for not long. Within our latest lockdown. So June, July, can retire now. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. It's just like... But that's the thing, because everyone knows how much money you can potentially make off this. Unlike a Star Wars collection of figurines, you know, yeah, they're worth money, but not to this degree. This is no. like, this is incredible amounts of money. And it's not even because people care about it. They just know that they can make money off it. With a Star Wars collection, people are genuinely into Star Wars, mm. you know? But this is just like, I'm going to spend $10,000 here because I know I can make a million dollars. I don't even care what the picture is. Yeah. I just know that it's going to be worth a million dollars potentially. It just, it's, it's just crazy. It blows my mind. I couldn't believe it. I sat there and talked to this guy for like two hours, just increasingly my mind being blown. Yeah. I had this exact same conversation with this particular person telling me about how surprised they were at the outcome of this. So yeah, we missed the boat on that one. I'm going to go lie down. Yeah, we'll have to find the yeah, next big thing. What we swap out NFTs for. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so our acceptable or not for this episode comes from an anonymous listener. Oh, Jesus. In... Oh, this must be a salty one. <laughs> <laughs> in the greater Sydney region. So they've written about how they had a um, casual friends with benefits situation. Sure. And then it's evolved into just now a friendship. So they used to be friends with benefits and now they're just normal friends. Sure. And they are now seeing someone for real, a real relationship. Okay. And they introduced the new partner to the ex-friend with benefits. Okay. And they did not disclose that they were friends with benefits. The history. The history. And they just weren't sure if they should disclose it or not. They're leaning towards not disclosing just because it could create complications or unnecessary um, jealousy. Tension. Tension, yeah. So not disclosing your, I guess, relationship history or sexual history with your current partner if it's someone that they have met or hang out with. It, it's a really tricky one because mm. I have I have had a, a similar situation to this happen mm. where, again, somebody that I, I had a little bit of a thing with met my girlfriend and I knew they'd both be in the same vicinity and I didn't tell my girlfriend. I wasn't going to deny it. If she asked, I'd say it, but I wasn't going to straight out say because I just didn't want her to feel uncomfortable or my friend to feel uncomfortable. Mm. It wasn't necessary. It wasn't what defined my friendship with this girl. Mm. Uh, of course, my girlfriend did ask me afterwards um, and I told her, but no, I, I didn't say it. But it, it is tricky because mm. the reasons to not say it, I feel like, are selfish ones. Mm. You know, you can make whatever excuse you want, but you're doing it to make things easier for you, yes. I suppose. I could say, I, I just don't want my girlfriend to feel uncomfortable. But at the same time, I'm also saving myself from awkwardness. Yes. And if the roles were reversed, I'd want to know. And would you feel weird if you did find out, if they told you outright? Yeah, I would. Mm. But you'd still want to know? I'd still want to know. Okay. I think for me, there are a few factors to whether it's acceptable or not. One is how much time has passed since that fling. 
Mm-hmm. Second of all, how much the partner will care. Like, I think if you know that they're going to blow up about it or, like, just nag you about it, mm, maybe it's not worth sharing, mm. maybe. How often you see that person mm-hmm. as well. I, like, yep. if, if they're in your, like, close circle of friends, you need to tell them. But if it's just, like, you saw them in passing once and said hello and that's it and you're never going to see them again, mm. fine. Um, and also, if it's going to come out from another source, like if you're at a get-together with other people and then someone else knows the history and they mention it to them, they're going to be upset that you didn't tell them. Mm. So, I think they're the kind of factors that I, I define. Think I think they're good factors. Mm. Because you may be friends with this person. You've had a, a little fling, mm. right? Maybe you've known this person for years mm. and you have a little bit of a fling and then you broke it off, went back to friendship. You know, you don't want that friendship to be ruined just because your partner has an issue with that history. Mm. But at the same time, I suppose your partner deserves to know. It's a tricky one because you've got a lot of stakeholders yes. in this situation, right? I think it's better to tell than not tell. Yeah, but is it acceptable not to tell? This is acceptable or not? I, I think this is it. This is it. The moral center. No, of the no. Okay, I really think it depends on most importantly how often you see the person mm. and the amount of time that's passed. If it was last month, I want to know. If it was five years ago, I don't care. If I'm going to see this person every week at pizza night. <laughs> mm. I want to know. Yeah. If I see them once a year at Auntie Gladys's birthday, don't care. <laughs> I don't want to know who I slept with at Auntie Gladys's yeah. <laughs> birthday. <laughs> That's true. I, I definitely agree. And I think that'll matter more to your partner too. If you're seeing this person every week, if they're coming <laughs> over to play games with you every Friday night. Yeah. And you've got a history. That's something they need to know. But you're right. In my example, this girl, she's a friend of mine, but she's a friend of a friend more so. Mm-hmm. I've seen her once this year, for example. So I, I, again, it's unlikely my girlfriend and this girl are ever going to interact again. Mm. But if I was seeing her weekly or at work, for example, that's different. But at the same time, is that just me making excuses to alleviate the discomfort? Yeah. So what is the, let's say, let's go with that, the how often you see them. Where is the line? Uh, well, again, it depends on, you, you highlighted a bunch of factors. It depends mm. on how your partner is going to react. Mm. But the thing is, right, if it is something that you feel like you should share. You should share it. You should share <laughs> it. But also, like, we were talking about, it depends how your partner is going to react. If it's something that you feel you should share and you know your partner is going to react badly to it, you should feel like you should be able to tell your truth to your partner. You Especially know? if it's not something, you've not done anything wrong in this no, scenario. No, exactly. Everyone's got a history. Yes. And I think the excuse that my partner might fly off the handle if I tell him this, that's, that's not a reason not to tell somebody something. That's a pretty lame excuse. If someone came to me and said, I wouldn't, I didn't tell you because I knew you'd react this way, I, I wouldn't accept that as, an, as a reason. But if they came to me and said, look, it was something five years ago, it really didn't mean anything. I just, I just wanted you to meet her as a person as opposed to one of my ex-flings. Mm. I, I might be able to buy that. Mm. What if it wasn't five years ago? What if it was three months ago? Well... Still didn't do anything wrong. No, I probably still wouldn't tell them because I feel like that would be even more harmful. No, would you want to be told? Oh. (laughs) Um, I mean, yeah, I would. I would. Okay. Yeah. So there's that conflict there, right, between what you would do if you were the person who had to tell and what you would want to happen if you were the, the recipient of the news. I feel like there's a lot of scenarios like that. Yeah. <laughs> I think read the room. But generally speaking, it's be- it's more acceptable to tell than not tell, I think. 
I think there's a lot of factors here. Yeah. And it depends on your reasonings for telling or not telling. Mm-hmm. If potentially it'll cause unnecessary drama or if it'll ruin your friendship with your friend, then maybe it's ex- acceptable not to tell. Interesting. It's kind of like, yeah, I mean, I've known you for a long time. Yeah. Not that we've ever gone there, but if there was something with a new relationship of mine that was impacting my friendship with you, I wouldn't accept that. That's similar in the way that I may have known this girl that I had to fling with 10 times longer than I've known my girlfriend. Mm. You know, is it fair that I lose that friendship? But the thing is, you shouldn't feel like you were going to lose that friendship by telling. You should feel like you can be honest with your partner and they can know everything about you. The good and the bad, I guess. Not that it is bad, but if they can't accept that you want to be friends with this person who did have some history with you at some point, I don't know. I, I, I think then that's on the person receiving the news. You didn't actually do anything wrong. No, you didn't. So but, so now you're putting the onus on your partner. Receiving the news. You're saying you're reacting badly to the news. I think so. They were upfront and honest with you. It's your choice how you respond to that. Like, you can not like it, right? I can be like, oh, I wish they didn't do that three months ago. Or I wish they hadn't told me that. No. You, you're the one that said that you <laughs> would rather know. Of course I'd rather know. It's up to you how you respond to it. Like, if you feel like you're the type of person who has to, like, drive a wedge between the friend, unless you obviously see something that is, like, mm, but that's more than But you constantly be, be second-guessing everything, though. I think you should trust your partner. If you don't trust them, then... What's the point? Yeah. Take their word for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. In the end, if you're with the right person, they're not going to care. Yeah. Those that mind don't matter and those that matter don't mind. Yeah, totally. That's Matt's words of wisdom for No, it's totally true. (laughs) So, yeah, I think not acceptable to not tell. You're on the fence. I I am on the fence. Okay. Because in my situation, I didn't tell. Mm. And it's easier said than done, right? I've never been in that situation, so I don't know. It would be hypocritical of me to say not acceptable. So... Uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on the fence on this one. Okay. <laughs> I think there's a lot of factors in, in, in play, um, and you've just got to play it however you like. Yeah, read the room. Yeah, read the room. So I'm uh, impartial first time. Whoa. <laughs> Okay, well, um, thanks everyone for tuning in. That's it for today. Thank you once again. It was lovely to have you all. Lovely to have you here, Z. Have a good life <laughs> and a lovely day or night. Or night. Or, or afternoon. Whatever. <laughs> Whenever you're listening to this. Whatever you want to have a lovely of. <laughs> All right. See ya. Bye.